Hello, everyone. Welcome to Healthy Conversation with your host, Nyasha B. Today, we've got an amazing and exciting topic. We are going to be talking about medical tourism and entrepreneurship. So today, I'm joined by a guest who's a friend of mine. I've known her for years within the industry. She's the director of Med Tours Africa. Uh, she's also the director of CJV Medical, and she's also a 2019 Mandela Washington Fellow. Welcome, Chill. Thank you, Nyasha. It's good to be here. All right. I'm happy to have you here, and I think I'm excited about this conversation that we're going to have because there's a lot to unpack when it comes to medical tourism and also just a bit about entrepreneurship. So just give us a bit of your background. How did you land up here in medical tourism and opening so many different companies? Thank you. So... Um, my background, actually, what I went to for training um, in was aviation, aircraft maintenance, okay. and I did a short stint of that in uh, in England. Mm -hmm. And in a nutshell, I was unhappy. I'd wanted to fly. The goal had been to be a pilot. So getting into maintenance was a way for me to fund the flying. So I worked for three years in the industry, and then I thought to myself, no, let me go back home mm -hmm. and start a business to fund the flying, because the funds were not coming together on time. And so I came back home to start business, and I'd always wanted to work for myself. And it was just by coincidence, actually, my aunt was in pharmacy, retail pharmacy. Okay. I asked her, what do you need? And then she said, oh, look at these things. I, I had a trip to Dubai, I remember. Okay. So I flew over to Dubai, got her the stuff she needed, and then got into the medical industry as a supplier of consumables. And from then, she was happy with my price list. I was happy with the business and the margins. She referred me to her friends who were pharmacists. And nice. I, I just learned on the job. Mm. I learned everything medical from asking my customers, mm. um, what do you need? Mm. What does that mean? And then I go online and find where to get it. Okay. And so my customer base grew from referral, which, which is really good for business. It was word of mouth referral. My product list grew from what my customers needed. And it just happened to be in the medical field. Nice. So that was 2011 when I started CJV Medical Supplies. And it, it, it was growing, growth on growth from a one-man band. I remember at the peak, I think I had 10 employees at one time. Um, and then five years into it, in 2013, I unfortunately lost my aunt, oh, my mom's yeah. sister. Yeah. She had, yeah, she, she had been diagnosed with a heart condition, and the doctor had said, um, you need to travel to India for treatment. Mm. And I remember my cousins calling me, because I was flexible. I was working for myself yes, uh, with yes. the CJV medical yes. supplies. And then I remember my cousin saying, Che, we are the one who's going to go to Nini because we are flexible. We, we're not sure where she's going to go or how long it will take and all the logistics of it. But once that's done then may you be the one to take her. Yeah. And I said, yeah, okay, sure thing. Um, unfortunately, she died before that trip happened. Yeah. yeah. So, so that made me realize that there was a gap. in you could have the resources. Sometimes you have the resources, financial resources. You've got the people to do you know, what needs to be done. But if the logistics don't fall into place on time, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know how to choose the facility you want to get a service from, where you're going to stay, then you might actually lose the person you love yes. whilst waiting for them to get treatment. Um, so that was 2013, and then that 
a few months later, that's what introduced me to the world of medical tourism. Yes, and pushed into that. Okay. Yeah, I, I hadn't even known that there was such an industry, you know, but then I got online, I researched, it's a billion dollar industry. It's, uh, it's an industry where it's not just limited to Africa because people think sometimes that because we don't have the resources, we are the main medical tourism patients, you know, but you'll find that even the Americas, the Europe, they're all exporting patients for different reasons, mm -hmm. mainly because the cost of treatment locally mm -hmm. is too high for the people to afford. And that's when I researched, I realized India was the main destination. Yeah. Went to India. Uh, before I'd even launched the company, I you went to You just got up and decided, to, hey, let me travel to India. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was exciting. So I went online because I, I don't have medical background. I don't have a medical background except what I was hearing from my, from my clients yeah. in terms of supplies. Yes, on medical and supplies. Yes, yeah. so I went online and said medical tourism and then got India. And then I also realized, because there's some horror stories connected to medical tourism, how people get, you know, duped. You go somewhere, yes, yes. you find that it's not what you were told to expect. Sometimes the doctors are not even registered. There are lots of horror stories mm. which came up in my research. And then I also got to know about um, what's called JCI, accreditation. So hospitals internationally can get accredited by different bodies. So the gold standard really in medical tourism is what's called the JCI accreditation. It's an American set of standards where the hospitals who are interested apply to it and then they have to abide by certain, you know, it's a code. You tick, 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 tick. If you, are, if you tick all the boxes, then you get the accreditation. Okay. So I looked at India. I think when I looked, there were about 13 institutions only in India which were JCI accredited. 13. 13, back in 2014. So they were my starting point, okay. right? So I wrote to them, I emailed them. Hi. All of them? Okay. Yes, Hi. yeah, it was a short list. Hi, my yeah. name is Cheo. I'm thinking of starting a medical tourism facilitating company. Can I, are you interested? And I got one response from a hospital in Ludiana. And they said, oh, yes, definitely um, come through. And I said, okay, I'll foot my funding. You can foot the domestic bills. And then I went and I saw that institution. So when I started in 2015, so it was a year of research and then travel. Um, and then the others didn't know. They were like, contact us when you started the business, you know. Um, but I went to that hospital. We, we were in agreement. We signed on a, a contract. And then, so the first year I was actually exclusively referring patients to them. A year in, and then the other hospital. So that hospital was outside Delhi. Delhi is the, yeah. main, is the main city. It was in Ludhiana, which is about four hours out of Delhi. So a year in, I had hospitals from Delhi now calling me because they were seeing movement. It's a, it's a big industry, but people know each other. You yeah. know? So when patients get referred to Ludhiana, the hospitals in Delhi were like, huh? How What's do Zimbabweans know happening? about Ludhiana? Yes. Who is referring people to them? And then they started calling me, which was a really mm. good thing. And, and then they said, can you come see our facility? Because well, one of my conditions was I'm not going to refer anyone somewhere I haven't been. 
Even though it's accredited, I want to get a feel from a patient's perspective, from a non-medical person. Do the people speak English? Are they going to be friendly? Um, you know, are they going to give me the attention I need as an international patient? So each hospital we refer people to, each hospital we've added onto our portfolio, it's somewhere where either I've gone or one of the team members have yeah, gone. And, and I think that's quite important yeah. because you need to see the facilities and also see that, okay, what will the patient also go exactly. through when they go through that journey. Exactly. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted because, you know, when someone is traveling and usually I think 70% of the people who have traveled is they're, they're first-time travelers. Mm -hmm. They're first-time travelers and they're traveling with someone who's not well. Yeah. They're, so there's that burden of care. They're going into an unknown place. They've heard stories um, and... And just just the flight, you know, if you're well and you're going for a flight, you're excited. Yes. But you're, you're, you're taking anxious. care of someone who's... And you've probably been told if they don't have the surgery in the next, I don't know how long, they might lose their life. So you're very anxious. And there's a lot happening. And you want that guarantee to say, no, no, where you've been, where you're going, I've been. Yeah. And I've seen them. They've got this accreditation. This is the doctor's experience. But I've also gone there. And I've been treated well. And... The outside is dirty, but the inside, <laughs> you have inside to prepare side. people. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, so, um, can I just ask, so what, uh, sort of, um, conditions are, are patients coming to you for, like, when it comes to, I think, medical tourism? Um, yeah. the bulk of our patients are with cardiac conditions. And I think that's mainly because Zimbabwe doesn't have a cath lab. I'm, okay. I know some players are, are, are opening up, I hope it's sooner rather than later. But because of that, of the country not having a cath lab, then most cardiac conditions have to be exported out. Um, we also don't have any transplantation facilities. So kidney transplant, mm -hmm. liver transplant, bone marrow transplant, those conditions have to be exported because we don't have any facilities. You will have a few who opt to go because of cost factor, but the bulk of the patients who are traveling are actually because the, the, the service is not available at all. So, and cancer, you've got oncology treatments also going, but those ones are long stays, you know. They yeah. go out and they stay for about three months. Well, yeah. yeah, it's yes. a long stay. When they come back, they, they will teach me, <laughs> or try to anyway, <laughs> yes. about, um, you know, India and what it's like. Okay. Yeah. Wow, so that's quite a long time. And then the other ones are usually, what, shorter stays? Like, shorter stays. Um, Cardiac will be 10 days, seven days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two weeks, three weeks. Usually within a month you have gone. Um, we've got a few cases where the, you get discharged fit to fly. Okay. So straight from hospital, you're discharged, you're fit to fly. They actually take you to the airport and you come back. And then we've got cases where they'll actually say, after discharge, stay in country for two weeks whilst yeah. we monitor. Mm -hmm. um, so it's varied, but mainly it's under a month. Okay. May All I? right. Yeah. Um, so what are the important things for one to know? Let's say if they're also going with a loved one and mm -hmm. you know, trying to care for them, just to make them comfortable. Just to make comfortable. Well, depending on the weather there, I always advise on which clothing to take. It's Because yeah. it, we're more on the soft elements. Because the soft elements of your trip are the ones which can make it comfortable or bearable mm -hmm. and uncomfortable. I always say carry a you know, cereal, carry your favorite cereal, carry tinned beans and beef because the diet sometimes 
um, is very different oh, yeah. from local. From so local. if you're there and you're unhappy, even with the diet, you, you become homesick, uh, you know, mm. amplified version of homesickness. So carry foods which you're familiar with, dry foods, which, which won't give you problems with customs. Um, and then the rest, of the, the rest of the elements we try and assist really as metals because you get a local SIM card to use because being, being able to communicate with everyone back home. And you're going to be getting many people calling you and asking about the patient. Mm. So we try and help you with that. And then accommodation, pre- and post-hospitalization, if you need to stay in there, we also assist yeah. with that. So all the other elements, we do our best to make sure that you're not worried about that and it's taken care of. Mm, yes, because yeah. I think the important part is also comfort uh, I yes. think for the, the, the travelers and just to make sure that they can help with the recovery uh, process. Definitely. All right, you know, yeah. that's actually quite interesting. I think uh, quite a lot of work that you're going on. And I see you've expanded, so you're not just here in... Okay, so Metours in Africa is present in how many, which countries? So, so Metours Africa is headquartered here in Zim, but we've been able to assist people from Zambia, Mozambique, Namibia, Cameroon. Um, and because we had a lot of interest in people wanting to access South African healthcare facilities, we also opened a subsidiary in South Africa called Metro South Africa. Yes, yeah. so, so Metro nice. South Africa kits us up and dresses up nicely as <laughs> <Nice>. the <laughs> yeah. employees. Uh -huh. So Metro South Africa was started mainly to cater for inbound patients into yeah. South Africa. Because unlike the healthcare system in India, it's the South Africans have a model which is more like home, where the doctors are separate from the hospitals and the labs and the pharmacies. With the Indian setup, the hospital is the one which full-time employs the doctor, the specialist, and it also has an in-house pharmacy and the lab. So everything, you get one bill which you know, the one bill will cover everything. Unlike in South Africa where there are pieces which you then need to add up. So Metro South Africa helps us with that. We also, though, are uh, offering export. We're also exporting South African patients. Mm -hmm. um, and that's largely not because of, avail of availability of treatment, but because of cost of treatment cost. Okay. in South Africa. Yeah, Some people are not able to afford and they want an option to, to travel elsewhere to yes. access. Yeah, I'm really really passionate about access to healthcare. I don't think it should depend on your financial background. Or and your I think that that's quite painful because I think constantly you're seeing campaigns where people are going on, you know, GoFundMe. And, and you're, you're just, a, I think, a minute away from a huge crisis happening. And sometimes, I mean, you look at the prices and the cost of some of the treatment mm. and even your heart just, mm. yeah. I don't, I, I don't think we're a minute away, really, Nyasha. I think, I think we're in a crisis. You're in a crisis. Because, yeah. because to, have to, want, to have to board a flight to get treatment, I don't think is fair. And, and even when we look at domestic, because there's also domestic medical tourism, we, we don't have the specialists out there in the rural areas. Someone has to travel all the way to Harare yeah. or all the way to Bulawayo for them to be able to see a surgeon. And, and I don't think it's fair, for the want of a better word, that just because I live in this part of the country, I can't, can't access, access the medical the, protection. Yeah, I think, no, access you know? is a, I think it's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And I, I think even um, from a practice side, you also see just even the numbers from the HR side. 
You see sometimes uh, certain professionals, there's just very few compared to the number that you should have as a yeah. country. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. it, so it makes it very <laughs> difficult like, sometimes to access. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm in pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. but you, you know that, for example, the pharmacies also are not spread out you know, quite equally mm-hmm. amongst the population. Yes. Remember, most are concentrated between Arade and Blai. Yes. And, uh, you know, so to access uh, certain uh, services is also quite difficult. Mm. Yeah. So there's a big need, and I think yeah, it's, it's, a a, it's about different players or coming on board, the entrepreneurs who don't have medical background, the pharmacy, the pharmacists, the, the specialists themselves, just coming together, the government, you know, government is a big player. So just coming together and saying, how can we decentralize this? How, how can we assist? And, and I'm really passionate about that. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a Rotarian. I, and, and, and when we do initiatives there, I'm also trying to get to the health aspect how how do we assist mm. you know? and i think that's quite critical so have you also been involved in a lot more even with government and the different stakeholders to just try help push some of these issues not as much as i would want not as much as i would want the conversations have started and um i even when the patients are traveling out you know it's, they're con- they're having conversations. I know I'm, I'm part of a group of, um, I've, I've been co-opted in. There's a group called Brave Little Hearts. Mm-hmm. So it's a group of moms who have their babies who, tra- who suffer from cardiac conditions. Mm-hmm. And I know they're, they're always talking, they're always at the minister's, at the minister's office yeah, knocking and on the door. knocking on the door. And the minister has yeah. been listening to them. They, there's so many initiatives where government is engaged and government is trying but it's also resources you know yeah. so in it, and it's resources from private which is also going to influence the resources you know apportioning as well so that it reaches out to everyone yeah so i, I think look, it's, it's a difficult place but i think push on because i think process. you're doing i think quite like a, a lot of good work i've seen you recently launched your mid talks um as part of promoting yes. your mid tours where you sit down with uh, some of the patients who've you know, yes. and people and the support team that have traveled to India. Can you tell me yes. more about that? Sure thing. It's called yeah. Med Talks with Med Tours Africa. Yeah. So that program, which we air once a month, um, we sit down with um, what I call the, the consumers of healthcare. So we, we're not talking to the professionals and the service providers. We're talking to the consumers yeah. and saying, share your experience. Yes. Share your experience of what your contact with the healthcare system has been. And we're talking to individuals who have had to have the services in an amplified way. The cases we're talking about, I, the, the one time we had a lady who had two babies who had to go undergo bone marrow transplant, the other time, there was a lady who had a baby who needed a liver transplant. So is their interaction with the healthcare services back home here in Zim? And then they also had to travel to mm-hmm. get the, the treatment they wanted. So we're, we're highlighting those conversations to say it is possible to get the treatment you require. And we're also saying service providers, listen to us as, as the consumers. This is what I faced when I went, you know, initially when my daughter was not well, the diagnosis came late because of X, Y, Z. So if you listen to that one story as a service provider, you'll actually pick up yeah. points where you went wrong or you could have done better. 
And if you're the parent of someone who's suffering from that, you, then you realize, okay, so maybe this is what is needed. Maybe I need to be more assertive when I go into that doctor's room because we, we really idolize um, the professional sometimes and we are scared to speak. Yeah, and, say, and speak up and say, okay, this is what I need. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, no, doc, what mm. you're saying is this, but my baby is doing this. Mm. I have tried what you're saying. Mm. And, and, and I respect doctors a lot. Um, and I think that's, that's part of the problem, maybe, because we're afraid to question what, mm. what they, <laughs> what they <laughs> then say. But it's yeah. a conversation, and, and, and I've also been in touch with brilliant doctors, mm. and I could go on. Um, so that conversation, if the healthy conversations should also start in the rooms, you know, yes, yeah. in the doctor's and actually, rooms. I think you mentioned something quite interesting. We, I, I think communication with even sometimes the healthcare providers, some people, yeah. as you said, are just not, um, they're not going to push on and press on and say that, look, this is what is going on, this is what I, and they're not going to follow up. And I think it's quite important. Yeah. Because sometimes some people go to, uh, I even feel so terrible when I hear some people have gone to a doctor and the visit is not even within three minutes or five and some <laughs> just say they're whisked out of the room and they say, oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know, and it's a lot of factors yeah. because you go yeah. to the public institution. There's a long queue. This yes. doctor needs yes, to attend to forty need, people. Yes, it's also in one sitting. So, yes, so they can't he's also, also managing his workload because mm. he wants to reach out to as many people as possible. But I'm in, and, yes. I, and, I, and I want, you want to, to be that first. <laughs> so it's a, it's a balance, eh? yeah. It is. I mean, and, and remember, the healthcare workers. I think they're not enough. I think um, so. You yeah. find that the few that are there, everyone also wants to exactly. see the same people. So no, there's a lot exactly. of work I think that needs yeah. to, to be done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there is, yeah. Um, and there's a lot to be said about medical. Excuse me, medical tourism into the country because mm. you know at some point, and this is this is where sometimes when people hear medical tourism and say chill, and then she they go, oh, she's exporting patients, but. I really would want, the business model I want is to be able to facilitate for patients to come into the country. Yes, I was about to ask that, are you also trying to work on that side? Where yes. We're just not just expo- okay, yes, nice. so I am. Yeah, um, and usually, how the business works is I need to have a center which says, yes, we're willing to work with you as a facilitator. And... Um, and, you know, the business side of things means I need to make my income from somewhere. Right, and I don't make my income from patients. Mm. I actually, um, when someone comes in, and this is also a popular question, how much are we going to pay you? And then I tell them, no, you won't pay me anything. Mm. I already have agreements with the hospitals that yeah. you will go to. Oh, nice. And that doesn't mean you're gonna get charged more, Nyasha, just because you've come through me. Mm. Usually, especially if you're, yeah, usually we will negotiate that your rate actually decreases. Because what we're saying to the institutions is, I'm going to give you a channel of patients. Mm which will come down and add to your bottom line. So if they come through me, I want to be able to negotiate that, oh, no, this is a special case, and they've been on GoFundMe, and they've managed to raise 8000 out of the needed 9500 Let's work out so yeah. that it becomes mm-hmm. less. So, so that, can... that conversation also needs to be done with the local centers. And I have. I've got a couple of uh, local centers who've said, yes, please bring patients in, and the agreements are on. So... The center has to agree, and then they also have to be willing to quote. And I think that's the pain point for some of them because they'll get a lot of requests to say these are the medical reports. Please give a medical opinion for free and then uh, give a cost estimate. 
and then we'll let the patient then decide because we want the patient to make an informed yeah. choice, an informed decision. So I think because people are not yet used to it, it's a process. The Indians have been doing it and have medical tourism. You know, the government has medical tourism as one of its income earners. Yeah. So if we then concentrate on that and equip the facilities to have that, then it will be a, an easier win for me to attract patients regionally, like in the yeah. countries I've set up, to attract patients regionally to say, oh, you know what, there's mm. this center offering good cancer treatments, mm. why don't you come through, accommodation yeah. and everything else will sort it and, out. And regionally, I think I, I like that concept because it's also then a shorter travel distance, uh, I think, for the patients. And yeah, because I think that is a long trip sometimes to go to, all the way to India. It is. It it's is. You don't want, when you're not well, yes. you don't want to be yeah. uprooted from your familiar surroundings. It's, yeah. it's not a nice feeling. Yeah, no. True. No, so bringing it home is the way to go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what we want. I think, yeah, no, I think I'm looking forward to that. And I think this also will lead to support of more of the healthcare professionals that are also here and also additional income, I think, also yes. for them. Yeah. In terms of some of the patients, let's say, who've gone and then come back, do you also work with some local doctors in terms of aftercare and support? Or does a hospital mm -hmm. there work with some local doctors? Yeah, that's a good one. And it, it was, it, it was, it's always been an issue with the local practitioners to say, when someone goes, who's in charge of their follow-on care? Yeah. Um, so what we do is, before someone actually goes, they, they have to be referred by someone. Okay. And usually it's the specialist. Yes. The local specialist has referred this treatment, and then uh, the person comes and then goes to the hospital. So we actually offer for specialist-to-specialist -specialist interaction. Okay. If, yeah, so, nice. so that we're out of the equation. So if the local specialist is free, sometimes the time, I guess, time differences and just work burden doesn't allow, but we've had a few local specialists then actually interact with the specialist who's going to do the procedure yeah. initially before the person goes. And then when they come back, the discharge report is sent to them and they also have that option of WhatsApp is good to have a WhatsApp conversation mm -hmm. with the person who actually carried out the procedure. Yeah. So that's what we offer. And then because the patient has gone there and also has established a relationship with with the doctor there, they also they are free to communicate. Yeah, they, they communicate. But sometimes, it's, usually, it's not through us. Yeah. We have just provided the links okay, you'll for the conversation. Yeah, okay. we just facilitate. No, no, we're nice. enablers. I like to call us enablers. enablers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, no, that's fine. Hey? No, yeah. But I think I love the work that you're doing and then just also helping people in terms of access to services and also at the right cost. Um, what I can now, I think, head to is that let's just break down a bit more about your entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. You've started, uh, I think, some very amazing business. Medical supplies is not an easy area, I think, <laughs> no, <it's laughs> to do work in. Yeah. And also then even still building on to do another business also with medical mm -hmm. tourism. These are two key areas. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How did you manage to do that? Um, it's, it's, I've always had a passion about working for myself. So that was, that was the main push, I think, to be able to work for myself. And I always say I'm the best boss I've worked for. Um, nice. And then persistence helps. Persistence and grit. I think there's, there's a, 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 a friend I respect who always says grit will, will determine the entrepreneur who lost and the one who just yes. falls off. Yeah. How to get it done, really, and then I talked, I alluded to it a bit briefly, is listen to your customer. Yeah. You know, what product line do you want to bring in? Listen to your customer, and that, that's what helped me. Mm. Listen to your customer, serve your customer well so that they can refer the next person. 
I can be in on, I don't know, 10 talk shows if I can, but if no one refers me and says, oh, you know what, mm. we know her, she's actually, she does what she's saying. Mm. If there's no that stamp, you know, of approval, it becomes difficult to grow your business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Customer, so you, yeah. yeah, so you're also a walking brand, I think, so it's quite important that you yes, yourself Yes, exactly. Uh, and then just... <sighs> I'm not much of a planner myself, unfortunately, but planning is important. Yeah. Planning is important. Keeping track of, of the figures. I laugh because I'm not happy with my accountant. They're not happy with me because <laughs> <laughs> it has yeah, been a process which I've had to learn. You remember, I'm from technical background. I'm aviation. Mm. So I've had to self-teach mm. in terms of health and then in terms of running and managing a business. And if you don't keep a track of those numbers, in as much as it's a boring and tedious process, you will lose it. Um, One thing, I think the last thing I I will put in there is to have a board to be accountable to. Mm. I am my best boss, like I said, Mm. none other than me. But if I, I perform better when I'm accountable to someone. So even as a small business, you might not have money to pay a board of directors, the sitting fees, but you'll, you'll find that people out there are, there, are keen to help. Mm-hmm. The seasoned entrepreneurs, the seasoned business people just want to see your determination, and then if you ask them to be on your board of advisors, we can call them advisors so that there's no monetary implications at the beginning, have those two, three people whom you meet up with every quarter, yes. and then they'll question your figures, they'll question your decisions, mm-hmm. which is unnerving sometimes as, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, because you think you know it all, and, and sometimes you do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that process of having to explain your decisions to some people helps you become a better business person, and it helps you see things from a different perspective. Because when you're inside the business and you're operational and you're yeah. also being the strategic part of things, it's very easy to see things a certain way. Whereas Nyasha will come in just for a week, will say, ah, chill, you stocked the wrong product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then you'll find that, no, you actually don't know it all. So have those people to be accountable yeah. to. It's very key. And you know what? The power of an external eye really does help. And mm-hmm. I think creating, uh, I think, a good team that can also work with you and then give you the right advice. Yeah. I think you can only grow from there. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I smile at the team. There's... The team is so important. I've, <laughs> when, when you equip your team, you can afford to then go home and sleep. You can afford to take a break mm. you know, from, from business. You need a holiday. But if you don't have a team in place, and if it just rests on you, it becomes difficult. Yeah, it it yeah, becomes definitely. more of a stress than a pleasure <laughs> to yeah. run your business. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know, I think it's absolutely not easy. I think to build a business and even build a successful one. I think in this country, yeah, I think, yeah, there's always a challenge around it. <laughs> so how do you manage to navigate? Um, like I, 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 I've got a board. Mm-hmm. The entity, the different entities actually have different boards, um, who I report to. I, I take breaks. I like traveling, um, and taking a break taking a break and traveling opens you up, I think. It has opened me up as a person. It has shown me other ways of getting things done. So I'm not limited to what I've grown up with here in Harare, but I've seen how other countries and other people do 
get things done. Um, and one thing which I'm definitely trying to implement better is having systems in place. Yes, and our systems are important, eh? Systems which, which make the individual team members accountable. Systems which make a new employee, when they come in, know what's supposed to be done without my verbally having to take them through everything. Because one of the dangers of being an entrepreneur is everything is in your head. Yeah. And and you know things. I, I it's know not how to down. <laughs> it's, it's not, not written down. Yeah. No, it's not okay. written down. Yeah. And then the next person comes and wants to do things, and you're thinking, why don't you just? But if the systems are not in place, if the you know procedures are not written down, then it becomes a nightmare. So that I'm, I, it's a work in progress. I'm not I'm not perfect yet. So yeah. it's things it's I'm working time. towards improving as well, which I know will make a difference in, in my entities. Yeah. And then from the investment side, you uh-huh. managed to also secure sufficient investment. And did that how... It's how not sufficient. I need more. Yeah. <laughs> we all need more, eh? <laughs> yeah, we all need more. Yes. So it, when I started, it was really organic. It's been organic. The investors who have come in have been my friends. It's been mainly friends. Yeah. Um, who I, I talk to and... And they believe in what I'm doing. And, and I think also as a business person, sincerity comes through, which is something you need. Mm. So when I'm talking about my business and, and someone, and I think two people have actually offered to be investors without me intentionally pitching. So I'm talking about my business, about Metro's Africa and, and what I think, how I think we need to go into local, you know, inbound. And someone believed in it and said, okay, Cheo, here's some money. Yeah. Um, give me some shares, here's some money, let's grow the business. Similarly, in CJV Medical Supplies, it was, oh, this is working and this is where we're going. I just need more stock. Um, can I have X amount? And then they've brought in the money. So the, those are the low-hanging fruits. Family, friends, family and friends, the people you interact with will see what you're doing and it will speak to someone and then the investment will come through. Mm-hmm. I'm, when you now want to scale up, and I'm at a stage where I really want to scale up, I want to go regional. You talked about mm-hmm. uh, Metos Africa going regional, and we've got agents now in Zambia and Cameroon. Mm-hmm. South Africa has a subsidiary. But I would want to open up offices regionally mm-hmm. across Africa because I know the need is there. Mm-hmm. And that will require more investment, a bigger you know, investment. So it's getting my figures right, you know. The track, the history of what's been going on is important. Um, A clear plan of what the monies will be used for and really a sincerity in communicating and an ability to be willing to listen and to be flexible in in the plans. And and I say that with a smile because it's tough. It is tough. When you bring people in, they're not (laughs) going to agree 100% with what I, you know, and it's, I don't understand why they don't, but... <laughs> but <laughs> you probably don't do right to with this equation, yeah. But it's, it's that, and it's realizing that some expertise I don't have. Yeah. There's some skill sets which will come through those investors and will come from their recommendations, which if I take on board, then that expansion into region will be better and uh, more profitable. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, I think it's quite an inspiring journey. Um, I sit here and I, I see that, look, you're a young person, you're driven, and you're a female director. Not a lot of people are in that space, and even uh, the medical field. I think if you know the industry, mm-hmm. there's not quite a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. Have you faced your own challenges because of that? Or, you know? Yes, yes, definitely. I think as an entrepreneur, the, the challenges which are common between uh, the men and the women, just having people believe that you're a genuine person, I faced that initially, especially with the medical tourism, with my not having a medical background. There was a lot of resistance mm. of, what are you saying? Mm. You, what do you know? Mm. But you, people forget that I'm a consumer. Yes. Of yeah, the, you know, consumer of health. I, my voice I, is valid. Exactly. Mean. My voice is valid. I have an aunt who passed away because she couldn't get the treatment. So don't tell me my service is not needed. I know there's a need. So just that, building the authenticity and getting people to buy into your product is difficult initially. And people yeah. want experience. Yeah. So when you're starting up, you don't have that experience. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Yes. So yeah. that was one problem, which I think is common to both males and females. As a female, unfortunately, you know, they're... And, and I always say it's easier. For me, it's easier to sell to a woman because I know their intentions are for business. With men, some have intentions which really are not business business related. And you get into that office, you want to negotiate that contract or that deal, and they they want to give off as if they're interested. But then at the end of it, then you get, oh, so when can we do dinner? When can we do drinks? And, you know, it's lopsided. So I, those are some of the challenges um, which are specific, I think, to being a woman, which you just have to be really work your way around it. You need, yeah. you need to set a standard of what you're willing to do and what you're not, and then people will respect you for that. People will know you for that. Whatever you've decided, and, and, and that's you, stick to it, yeah. be persistent, know what you want to achieve and then go for it. I I think at the end you'll be satisfied with with the outcomes. Yeah. It might not be financial to begin with, but it does build on your character and it also gives a good you know, a good sense business wise, yeah. your brand, mm-hmm. the buy in will come from other people. Women are also supporting women now. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's, an, it's been an interesting journey. No, it, <laughs> no, it definitely is. And I think filled with a lot of milestones and yeah. uh, successes. Eh? Yeah. And look, unfortunately, Joe, sorry, our time is about to... Oh, already? Come to <laughs> but yeah, I could talk to you a lot more about you know, your business. And I'm quite excited about the future and where you're going uh-huh. uh, with this. And I'd love to even just follow up when you've now opened some more of these centers, even mm-hmm. the regional ones. So we can also just get, get a glimpse and see... Uh, what the business is like. So okay. we'll just talk, uh, I think, just to round up about just mm. you know, the outlook, and uh, you can also just even share a couple of words with our audience. If, okay. Uh, thanks. Well, we're going bigger. Definitely, we're going regional with Metro's Africa. That's the future. We're going regional with CJV Medical Supplies. And actually, we're also going into 3D printing of prosthetics. Oh, nice. I think I saw yes, that. Yeah, yes, yes. So I'm, I'm really... Um, passionate about the project which we are launching very soon. We already have the printer and the aim is to give limbs to to babies who are born without limbs or who lose limbs. So watch out for that. It's coming soon. And then a message to your viewers who are thinking about starting businesses or already started businesses is keep going. 
keep at it let's do this let's let's make impact let's create change let's help people to you know whichever area you've decided to assist with and to impact do it and do it well do it with sincerity and and we thank you for for starting it yeah yeah no, no, i think i thank you so much too i think some beautiful words there and i think so much to them and i think it also inspires a lot of the younger generation maybe who are also trying to look forward and say hey what can i get into and what businesses can i you know consider what can i look at and you've also given just some great tips to just entrepreneurs in terms of business i think people always have to keep going no matter what definitely yeah. thank you for having me all right Nasha. yeah but thank you.